We pray to our good Father who provides for all our needs. Now, immediately, we're confronted with something. There's a little bit of a challenge here. Because those of us living in the United States in 2022, for us to consider ourselves in need might feel a little bit odd. Now, this doesn't mean, and I'm not discrediting, discrediting the, the practical and physical and financial and spiritual and emotional and mental and legal and social uh, need that millions of us face. I'm not trying to diminish any need of anyone in this room or watching on live stream. But here's what we need to be honest about as those living in the United States. We are sick with abundance. Like we live in abundance. We have abundance coming out of our ears. Like have you ever picked up Play-Doh and like squished it and it comes like streaming out of your fingers? Like that's what the abundance in our country is like. Overflowing. Overflowing. And yes, the past couple of years have been hard. Some challenges that we have faced. But make no mistake, we still live in a world economic superpower. We still live in a country with vast resources. Our technology and our industry are unmatched. For all the challenges in the healthcare system, we still have the best medicine and best technology in the world. We have broad and relatively easy access to education. If we want information, we can just hop on the computer and there's this endless and infinite amount of information at our fingertips. If you want to deal with physical or mental or emotional health, and you want to improve in something, hey, there's an app for that. <laughs> and Americans, don't we consume? Boy, do we consume. The United States is 5% of the world's population, yet we consume 24% of its resources. I mean, this is crazy to think about how much we consume. Comparing to other countries, one American consumes as much resources as two people who live in Japan, six people who live in Mexico, 13 people who live in China, 370 people who live in Ethiopia. We consume. Americans consume 815 billion calories a day, which is roughly 200 billion more than we need. And if you take that excess, you could feed 80 million people. <laughs> so we eat 80 million people's worth of calories in excess every day. Again, not to diminish any of the challenges that we face, but let's be honest. <laughs> we live in abundance. And then here comes the Lord's prayer. Here comes this statement, give us today our daily bread. A prayer of dependence a prayer of need. How do you pray that prayer? I wonder, if you think of the circumstances in your life, how do you pray, give us today our daily bread? Now, maybe you are in circumstances where you are desperate. You look at your need and you lack resources and so you're at this place where you're at the end of the rope and all you have is, Father, give me today my daily bread because if you don't move, I'm done. Maybe that is you. But I would venture to guess with the vast majority of us, we're in this place where we have access to abundant resources, and it's a challenge for us to pray this. It's a challenge for us to feel our need. And so this morning, I want us to reflect on what it means to pray this prayer and what it means to be actually shaped by this prayer, well, what it means for us to live with a sense of our dependence and our sense of need. And my prayers and my hope is, is that we will take hold of this truth that our God is a good Father who provides for all our needs and that would lead us and transform our hearts so that we would posture ourselves in dependent prayer. 
And so may God, by his word and his spirit, do that for us this morning. And let me start by highlighting a truth, a truth that whether we acknowledge it or not is true. (laughs) We are utterly dependent, utterly dependent, utterly dependent upon God. God is the creator and sustainer of all things, and we are dependent upon him. Here's what Job chapter 12, verse 10 says, in his hand is the life of everything and the breath of all mankind. And then the apostle Paul in Acts 17, 28, quoting a poet says, in him we live and move and have our being. And then as Hebrews 1, 3 says that, in Je- that Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. Look, if you exist today, if you're alive today, you didn't do that. You didn't will yourself into existence. You didn't cause yourself to be born. You are dependent upon God. And the same goes for all the good that you experience in life, all the blessings that you experience in life. As James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Look, the ability to think, the ability to speak, the ability to act, the ability to work, that all comes from God. The abundance of resources that you have, the the ability to be successful and to produce good, that all comes from God. Yes, we work. Yes, we act. Yes, we take responsibility. But the ability to do all of that comes from God. All the good, all the resources that we have in order to be successful comes from God. Do do you all remember like back in 2012 when when then-President Obama got everybody in the world or everybody in the country ticked off when he made that statement, if you own a business, you didn't build that. Some of you remember that. Some of you got really mad at him about that when he said that. <laughs> Look, President Obama wasn't wrong. He just wasn't thinking big enough. <laughs> he was referring to the government where he should have said, hey, you didn't build that because God did. <laughs> we are utterly dependent, whether we want to acknowledge that or not. We are utterly dependent upon God. And and here's the tension, church, for us. The world is not going to acknowledge that. The world is not going to acknowledge its dependence. But as the people of God, we are to live with a conscious recognition of that dependence. We recognize that we pray to a God who is a good father who provides for all of our needs, and we trust in him, and we depend upon him and his provision. In the Lord's Prayer, the phrase, daily bread, the term daily bread, which in the Greek is literally bread for the coming day. This term, Jesus is drawing on language and imagery of Exodus, the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 16. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, and he was leading them to the promised land uh, through the wilderness, he would provide bread for them on a daily basis. So each morning, Israel, was to, they were to wake up and they were to go and they were to collect this bread. But they were only to collect so much only bread that they would need for the coming day. Not two days, not a week, not a month, but only what they needed for the coming day. And when Israel would do that, they would be depending on the Lord and they would be exercising faith and they would show that God is our provision. That they would be showing that they believe that God is a good father who provides for all our needs and provide he did. If you read the description, that bread was sweet It was tasty. It smelled good. It was filling. It was nourishing. But something else happened when Israel would get up 
And rather than collecting in faith, they would collect in fear. When rather than taking the amount God instructed them, they would take more. So there's this interesting detail in Exodus 16. You can go there, and it's in verse, excuse me one second, 18. (laughs) It's in verse 18 that when Israel would go and they would collect more than they were instructed to, what would end up happening is they had none left over. There was actually less for them. But if they took less, meaning if they took what was instructed of them, there was always abundance. You see, when Israel, when they trusted the Lord's provision, when they leaned into the Lord's provision, when they took the bread for the coming day, there was always abundance. God always provided in abundance. But when they collected in fear, there was lack. And in fact, when they would collect in abundance, that which they stored would become moldy and full of worms and decay. Like, I don't know how you think about moldy bread, but when I see moldy bread, I know what happens in our household. My wife and I both are like, all right, this is going in the garbage. Like, done. We don't even want to touch this. You know, let's get it out of here. Now imagine if you took a moldy bread, which, which on the surface isn't necessarily that bad, and it was full of worms, and it smelled bad. Like, I know what I would do. I'd be taking a flamethrower to that thing and just like, let's just incinerate this. This was the bread of fear for Israel. When they collected in fear, that bread, that abundance became moldy, worm-infested. It stunk. Is this not a picture of how fear can affect our souls? That when we go after abundance and fear, how that affects us. And so the question is your heart postured in dependence? Are you walking in the freedom of dependence on a good father who provides all of, for all of your needs? Sadly, Israel had this terrible habit, terrible habit of constantly doubting God's goodness. They would grumble and they would complain. It's like, remember back when we were in Egypt and we had the pots full of meat and there was an abundance of bread? Remember those days? Yeah, but y'all were in slavery. Who cares? There was abundance, abundance of meats and abundance of bread. Yeah, yeah, but they beat you and they abused you and they used you. You were enslaved. Yeah, but there was abundance. I mean, it's crazy, right? That's the irrationality of sin. Where we would choose slavery over freedom. But friends, don't think that you and I are any different. Are we any different? Like we will willingly choose slavery over freedom and we will justify it by saying, but over here, that's where there's abundance. I know that I'm enslaved to my job. I know we as a family are enslaved to our busyness. I know that I am enslaved to my money and my bank account and my material possessions. I know that I'm enslaved to these codependent relationships. I know that I'm enslaved to my control freakiness. But in those things, there's abundance. And there's an abundance of security and control. There's an abundance of wealth. There's an abundance of identity. There's there's an abundance of connection and validation. There's an abundance of protection. We'll justify it. All the while, that abundance is nothing but mold and worms and rotting our souls. Look, friends, whether you want to admit it or not, you're utterly dependent 
completely dependent. The question is, will you live in the freedom of dependence upon a good father who provides, or will you be enslaved to your fear, thinking that your hope is in your abundance? That's a question for us. That's a challenge that the Lord's Prayer puts in front of us. But here's the good news for us, that when we turn our hearts to the prayer, give us this day our daily bread, what we begin to see is the good news of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, is that our God is a God who provides. He is a God who provides. In the context of the Lord's Prayer, if you kind of look at it in the entirety of of the the section of Matthew, it takes place in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, And in this sermon, Jesus multiple times talks about trusting the Lord with your possessions and what it means to trust the Lord with your finances and your resources. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, just a handful of verses later after the Lord's prayer, Jesus tells his disciples this, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break in and steal. Don't seek to hoard and collect abundance here on earth because it's just going to rot and rust. Rather, invest in, trust in, put your hope and resources towards the kingdom of God. Then just a few verses later, we come to that well-known passage on worry and anxiousness. Jesus says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. If your heavenly father who is good provides food for birds and he clothes flowers, how much more is he going to provide for you? Jesus is making this clear. God provides. He provides for your physical and material needs. And then later in Matthew 14 and 15, where Jesus feeds the 5,000 and the 4,000 Again, that is mirroring God taking care of Israel in the wilderness. Here you have this crowd of people in the wilderness, and they're hungry. And so Jesus multiplies the loaves, he multiplies the fish, and he feeds these people. And what what happens afterwards? There's an abundance left over. And so Jesus puts on display the kingdom of God will take care of you. God cares about you. God cares about your physical needs, and he takes care of you. And so the question is, are you depending upon your good father to provide for your physical needs and your material needs? Look, I want to make something clear. I abhor, I hate, it would be hard for me to put into words how much I hate the prosperity gospel. That teaching that says that Jesus wants you to be rich and that if you just have enough faith, you'll never get sick. It is hard for me to talk about how much I hate that without sinning because it does so much damage to people. It wrecks and ruins people's faith. But here's what we need to be careful of, that we don't swing in the opposite direction and pretend like God doesn't care about your physical needs and your material needs. As if all he is concerned about is your soul and your spirit. Friends, we're embodied beings. God made this world. It is good, and he cares about your physical needs. And so, friends, are you trusting God for your physical needs? Is the prayer of your heart, give me today my daily bread? Are you trusting in your good father who provides, or are you trusting in your bank account? Are you trusting in your material possessions? And look, God has blessed some, many, most, a lot of you 
with financial blessing and resources, and that is good. Do not feel guilty about that. God has blessed you. But don't mistake God's blessing with you trusting him for your finances. Because God has blessed you financially doesn't mean you're trusting him financially. How do you know? Well, what happens when your resources are less than your need? What happens when your needs become so great you don't have enough resources? Do you go to trust and prayer or do you go to angst and anxiety and anger? Story time, honesty time. Um, Mindy and I got lit up with this dynamic <laughs> the last part of the previous year. When we got back from Chicago and the class that I took, uh, we came home to find this wonderful surprise in our basement, mold growing along the baseboards. You're like, oh, great, water damage. And this was after we had paid to get water damage fixed in another part of our house, and this is after we paid to get our basement, two of our basement walls and carpet replaced from a pipe bursting last summer. And so we came home like, wonderful, more water damage. Have fun. And so you go through that whole, okay, how much damage? What, what is our resource? Okay, it's gonna, you know, we're gonna have to take out this part of the wall and here's the problem. And we begin to sort of assess how much stuff is gonna cost and you know the, sort of the, the panic that sets in and you're like, okay, what are we gonna do? Well, we got our emergency fund because we rock Dave Ramsey like a lot of you do. And so, okay, we'll do that. But what happens when, we, you, when you realize, oh, that's gonna completely tap your emergency fund and there's still more cost? Even more angst, nervousness, anxiety. And, and Mindy and I, we deal with our angst and anxiety in very different ways. And so lots of fun conversations between us as a couple during those days. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, there were a lot of days where my heart was filled more with angst and frustration and anger and irritation. There weren't too many days or maybe not even any where it was, give us today our daily bread. And you know what? God humbled us in some pretty significant ways. Because after telling our gospel community about our ongoing saga with our basement, after telling some other folks in the church and just kind of just expressing, hey, this is what, this is what life is like for us right now as we're struggling with, shortly thereafter, a big stack of money showed up at our house with more than enough to cover the cost. And in that, God's saying, hey, your hope isn't your emergency fund. Your hope isn't abundance. Your hope isn't in your finances. Your hope is in my provision. I'm a good father who provides. And so friends, in light of God being a good father who provides for all our needs, even our physical and our material needs, let the prayer of our heart be, give us today our daily bread. Let our dependence be upon our good Father. Let us walk in the freedom of that dependence. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. God doesn't just provide for our physical needs. You see, God providing for Israel in the wilderness, Jesus feeding the five and 4,000 in the wilderness, that wasn't just about giving people something to eat. Something far greater was being put on display. Here's what Jesus says in John chapter 6. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. 
if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Physical bread nourishes physical life, but you eat that bread, you're still going to die. Jesus says that he is the bread from heaven that nourishes spiritual life, and you feast on Christ, you're never going to die. And so Jesus is saying, hey, your greatest need is not physical need, but spiritual need. There's something greater that God provides, as important as physical and material needs are. There's a greater need that God provides. Like, do you know why you and I trust, struggle to trust God? Do, do you know why we doubt God's goodness? Why we will run to abundance rather than trust in his provision? You know why we do all of that? Because in and of ourselves, our hearts are sinful and selfish and rebellious. Like we bought into the lie that started in the garden that God is not good. And so we have decided that we are going to take control of life ourselves. We've become gods unto ourselves and we're going to do life our own way. We're going to trust in our own power and our own ability. We don't want to be dependent. We want to be independent. And in that sin and selfishness, here's what has happened. We've broken relationship with God. We have wrecked and ruined ourselves and others and our world. Because of our sin, the sin of humanity, brokenness has now entered into our world. There is evil, there is wickedness, there's oppression, there's corruption, there's greed, there's sexual immorality, on and on and on and on. There is relational unhealth that you and I now live in. There's mental and emotional unhealth that you and I now live in. There is sickness and disease in our bodies. And our world is broken. We are in a world of hurts and unrest, and it's of our own doing. And here's what's more. Because of our sin and our selfishness, because we have rebelled against a good and righteous and just God, we deserve punishment. We deserve physical and spiritual death. When you rebel against what is good and righteous and beautiful and true, you deserve punishment. We deserve it. Friends, we are in an overwhelming state of need because of our sin, and there's nothing you and I can do to fix what's broken in ourselves and in our world. Our need is far too great, far greater than just food on the table, roof over our head, and clothes on our back. The need is impossible for us to meet. But here's the good news of the gospel. In our greatest need... God has given his greatest supply. In our greatest need, God has given his greatest provision, Jesus Christ, the bread from heaven. See, Jesus Christ is the provision for your guilt. Jesus took the guilt and the condemnation that you and I deserve on himself on the cross. Jesus is the provision for our shame, the shame of our own sin and the shame of the sin against us washed clean in his life. Jesus is the provision for our freedom because in his death and resurrection, we've been set free from the power of sin and we are now powered to walk in righteousness and goodness. Jesus is the provision for our identity because through Christ, we are now sons and daughters of God, welcomed into the family and loved by our Father. Jesus is the provision for our life. He gives us strength and he leads and he guides as he calls us to follow him. Jesus is the provision for our relationships because what does Jesus do? He reconciles us not only to God, but to one another. Jesus is the provision for our mental and emotional unhealth 
because he strengthens us and he sustains us in the midst of those struggles and that pain and he brings rest to our minds and comforts to our souls. Oh, Jesus is the provision for all of our sickness and all of our disease. And yeah, we may not be healed in this life, but guarantee, here's what's gonna happen, is one day Jesus is gonna give you a renewed body that is incorruptible, completely free of death and disease. And even still, Jesus is the provision for our death. Because if you die in Christ, you are ushered into his presence with the hope that one day you're gonna be resurrected to new life. And Jesus is the provision for what the, the ruin and the wreckage in our world. Because one day when he returns, his kingly rule is going to transform and renew all things, true righteousness and true justice, and he's gonna wipe sin completely out of this universe. What is it that you need? Friend, what is it that you need? Do you need freedom and forgiveness? Do you need comfort and confidence? Do you need strength? Do you need righteousness? Do you need wisdom? Do you need justice? What is it that you need? Do you need faith? Do you need hope? Do you need joy? Do you need peace? Do you need mercy? Do you need grace? Do you need love? What is it that you need? Whatever it is that you need, cry out to your good Father. Give us today our daily bread because the bread he provides is Jesus. Friends, let the prayer of our heart be in our need. Father, give us Jesus. <laughs> that is our prayer. That is what we pray. When we pray, give us today our daily bread. We are crying out. We are asking for Jesus to meet all of our needs, and he does. So let me say this in conclusion. Like living in a culture with so much abundance, it is so easy to put our trust in that abundance, is it not? Is it not? But as we seek to grow as a church in prayer, that's why we're going through this series, is we wanna grow as a church in prayer. As we seek to grow in prayer, let us be praying. Give us today our daily bread so that our hearts will be shaped in dependence and that we may walk in the freedom of dependence, putting our trust in our good Father who provides for all our needs. And here's what, I believe we'll be strengthened in if we do this. Here's where I, we're gonna, I believe we as a church will grow and will be strengthened. In our ability to stay present and engaged in life. Here's what I mean by that. Isn't it true that when life gets out of control, life gets messy, life gets complicated, that we often run to anger and we run to angst, we try to control things, or some of us get passive and we sort of retreat. We decide this is a little bit too much. I'm just going to bail here. Is that not true of us? I know it's true of you because I've been doing your marriage counseling. <laughs> and I know you know that's true of me because some of you, I've had to come to you for counsel. <laughs> Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Because we don't trust God. We don't trust that God is going to provide in the midst of that pain, in the midst of those challenges, in the midst of the complexity, in the midst of the trial. We don't trust that he is good. We don't trust that he is going to provide, and so we run to these other things. But friends, if we are praying regularly, give us today our daily bread. If we are being shaped in dependence, then here's what we're going to be able to do. 
we're going to be able to be present and engaged. We're going to be able to stay in the saddle, as someone once told me. And we're going to be able to do that, not in an angsty way, not, not in an angry way, not in a passive and retreating way, but a way that reflects faith and faithfulness and steadfastness. And so when we pray, give us today our daily bread, when we're trusting on the dependence of God, we're trusting in our good Father who provides for all our needs, we can stay engaged in our marriages. We can stay engaged in our parenting. We can stay engaged in our jobs. We can stay engaged in our relationships. We can stay engaged in the midst of financial troubles, in the midst of conflict with other people, in the midst of health and chronic pain struggles. We can stay engaged in life. We can be present in life. We can trust in the Lord because we know God is a good father who provides for all of our needs. So church, as we seek to grow in prayer, as we seek to grow in faithfulness and following Jesus, let let us, let let us pray, give us today our daily bread. Let us walk in the freedom of dependence. And let us take hold and rest in this truth that God is a good father who provides for all our needs. Let's pray.